Well, good morning. It's great to be here, isn't it? Fantastic. We had a great time last night. And, uh, you know, why don't you move to Wales? <laughs> I can't say that it's a prophetic word, but we'll work on it. <laughs> See if we can persuade you. Anyway, it's good to be here today and uh, great to be sharing and continuing to share uh, as we are in the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, it was great to listen to Tash last week. And if you missed it, I really, really, really do recommend you tune in on the podcast. I've been thinking this week, and I probably won't be the only one who's been thinking this, is that we live in a very anxious world. We live in very, very anxious times. And where does it all come from? And I'm not going to try and answer that question. I'm going to, in fact, quickening my spirit really to try and stick to one point this morning. And so we pray that God will help me, the Spirit will help me just share that one point and not get uh, off into so many other directions as we could with the Sermon on the Mount. I made an interesting discovery the other day that Amazon have got the most incredible algorithms in terms of their search engines and so on and so forth, in terms of marketing their products. And so if you want to um, look for... So if if you remember something that you've read and you think, I'd like to get that book or find out where it was that came from, it could be something from Harry Potter, it could be from something from John Grisham, it could be anything you like. If you type into the search engine the bit that you can remember... Um, then Amazon will find that book for you as quick as a flash. And of course, in, in responding to that search, then they'll offer to sell it to you. So it may be go on a bit of a search because they, they publish um, sometimes uh, the, the results of those searches. And so I was interested to find out what do people type in when they're looking for something in the Bible? And what's the top 10? Well, I'm going to try and find, I'm going to tell you what is the top one you might already know. What do you think the top verse that people search for when they're looking for something in the Bible, where Amazon might pop up and offer to sell you that Bible? What would be the top one? Maybe. I mean, I thought, first of all, John 3.16, probably. And it's not that one, so... Jeremiah... 29.11, no, it's not that one. I thought it might be Psalm 23, but it's not Psalm 23. One, 1 Corinthians 13, yeah, I thought of that one as well. Let, it might surprise you, and I'll tell you what it is. It's Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. Now I'm going to test your memory. Who can memorize what that verse says? That's the most searched for verse um, on the internet at this moment. Sorry? No, no. Anyone got it? You're going to kick yourselves because you're going to know it. You're on the right track. You're on the right track. Where is it? I can't find it myself now. Philippians 4 verses. I'm looking in Matthew. I'm not going to find it there, am I? Philippians 4 verses 6 to 7. Where are we? Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I praise God for Amazon for having, a, having an algorithm that, that when people search for that, takes them to that verse and then hopefully encourages them to buy the Bible or at least to read up on it. But then think about it. That's the top thing in the world 
the top subject or verse that people search on. Do not be anxious about anything. Searching for the peace of God. So in some ways that depresses me, but in some ways it encourages me. And it kind of helps me think about what we're looking at in the, in the um, uh, Beatitudes and in the Sermon on the Mount. We're in the time of Lent, and I thought one of the good things, that, it's good that we're doing the Sermon on the Mount as we go into this Lent season, because there is so much in here for us to understand about learning to be a disciple. And uh, I think that, wouldn't it be really good if we could learn, I mean, one, thing, one challenge for Lent could be to memorize the Sermon on the Mount. I might try and have a go at this. I thought I might have a go, but it's quite a big ask. But to set aside some time to try and memorize. Because, of course, in the context of when Jesus... I mean, what, one of the, we've talked about why did Matthew put all of these key teachings of Jesus in one slot and say it's on the Sermon on the Mount. Well, possibly one of the reasons would be because, of course, people would need to memorize it. It wasn't written down. When Jesus said these things, it wasn't published in a book and put on Amazon, was it? Jesus said these things and they were remembered. Um, and, of course, when Matthew writes it in the Gospel, it's written in the Gospel, but he's in a context where people would learn it and remember it. We didn't have access to the Internet or written printed text in the early church and so on and so forth, so we would remember it. And so there's something powerful there. And, of course, the point about the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, I've come to put this on your heart. Um, and so it's so easy for us just to think, well, it's in the book and we can read it, but actually we need to try and absorb Jesus' teachings here. And this is about how can I be a disciple in, in my life? And at the moment, if there's so much anxiety around, what can I do as a disciple? What, what can you do as a disciple to speak into this anxiety that's in us around this world at this time? Because surely this is what the Lord would want us to do. Um, and how we are, ourselves can be more resilient in that process. We've been talking about how do we become more resilient. And some of the answers, I think, lay in the Sermon on the Mount, and I'm hoping over the next few weeks we'll be able to unpack that a little bit more. But today, I want to just take a look at one particular verse um, and share a few thoughts on that very quickly. And that's in um, uh, Matthew 6, verses 16 to 21. This is when Jesus says to the listeners, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and to your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will you be your heart also. There's an awful lot we could say about those verses, but I'm going to just try and focus, if I can, on one of those things. What's important here, in the, here is that what Matthew writes, the audience there, he's not, he's not saying it would be a good idea... <laughs> would be a good idea to fast it's not jesus on not jesus saying to the crowds well look you know be quite why don't you try fasting why don't you give that a go which is what we might say in church jesus says when you fast so he's talking to people that live a life of fasting okay we need to get at that point when you fast he's talking about how you do it not whether you do it or not um, so that's a really important point prior to the 16th century I think, everyone thought that the earth was the center of the universe. 
Am I right? Everyone thought the Earth was the centre of the universe. And then it was discovered that the Earth is, 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 is part of one of nine planets um, that dance around together. And suddenly we realised that the Earth wasn't necessarily the centre of that. And then as time has advanced, people began to realise that our solar system is just, just a blip, a tiny, tiny blip in the wider universe, and that our sun is just one very dim star compared with some of the others that are more distant. Um, and as we progressed, we began to realise just how small our own solar system, our own galaxy is. And it's not so long ago that people thought that Britain was the centre of the world, you know, that it's culture and heritage and that Britain was such an important nation in terms of the civilised world that we led and did so much. But of course, actually, that's not really the case. And as time has progressed, we've become smaller and smaller and smaller in terms of our influence and so on and so forth. Even as an island, we're getting smaller because the coast is washing away. Okay, so it's all getting smaller. Now, Jesus calls us to be disciples. And if, what is a disciple? Well, a disciple, you could talk about that in lots of ways, but a disciple is a learner and a teacher, really. A learner and a teacher. We're learning and we're teaching. That's what discipleship's about. Now, as learners, the first thing that we need to discover is that we're not the center. And the first thing you discover when you're a learner is that you're not the center of your own universe. Am I right? I'm not the center of my universe. You're not the center of your universe. And a great place to start on our journey of faith and our journey in life is to admit that we don't know. And when we admit that we don't know, then we're in a good place to learn. And this is what Jesus is talking about in the Sermon on the Mount. We're not self-sufficient. We need someone to grow our food. We need James and his company to supply us with electricity. Well, not so much now. We've got our own solar power, but we're still not self-sufficient. We're still buying electricity. Okay. We need the ice caps to maintain uh, the equilibrium in our planet. We need them. We need trees to produce enough oxygen for us to survive. We're not self-sufficient. But what we need most of all is God. It's too easy in our well-supported life, and this is what Jesus is saying in this part, I think, of the Sermon on the Mount. It's too easy in our well-supported life to leave God out of the equation. But without him, everything will collapse. Everything. Your life, my life, the whole flipping lot will be gone. We've just passed Ash Wednesday. And it's a really good day in the church calendar. We don't necessarily... You know, the church observes lots of things in the calendar and and sometimes churches observe them fully and others don't and different churches approach things in different ways. But there's truth in all of these things. Now, Ash Wednesday Wednesday is an important day, not just because you're getting over all the pancakes that you ate the day before. And we did have some good pancakes here on Tuesday. You missed a treat if you were not here on Tuesday. But it's it's a good reminder, Ash Wednesday, of, of the fleetingness of our existence. Because we're forced to accept that we're not the beginning and the end. We're not the beginning and the end. That we're created. We're not the creator. And this little bit of ash, earth to earth, ashes to ashes and dust to dust, reminds us 
of our place. And it's really important to understand that. And if, because it's not, if it's not our gravitational pull that holds us together, then something else is holding us together. Something else is holding us together. And this is where the season of Lent, where we talk about fasting, and it's a season that we talk about fasting, but of course fasting doesn't have to be in the season of Lent, but it's good to focus on it in the season of Lent. It's good to remind ourselves of that. It's important. Because it's really good to let go of some of the props in our lives that we build around us to sustain ourselves. I've got all sorts of things in my life that sustain me, but I'm still not self-sufficient. And Lent is a good time to let go of some of the things that we rely upon, to fast, to give up, and sometimes to take on some of the things that we, to give up some of the things that we rely upon, to take on some of the other things that might help somebody else. It's about being willing to lean on the spirit instead of leaning on the props that we've built around us. And as we begin to fast and as we begin to give things up, then we begin to look to God to sustain us in those areas of life. And as we've already singing and talking about this morning, that's exactly what he does because that's what's on the label of God. He is our sustainer and our strength and he will never leave us short in that. So whatever extra thing we've given up or extra thing we've taken on, Jesus will be there. And this is what really Jesus is talking about here in terms of fasting. Lean more on God. Trust God because he will never let you down. In fact, the whole Sermon of the Mount, Mount, you could sum the Sermon on the Mount up in, in those words, trust God and be a disciple. Learn, teach, live, lean on the Spirit. And then if you do that, then you're investing your life and every bit of energy and breath you've got in the kingdom of God, which is what Jesus wants us to do. He says invest in the kingdom of God because that's where the treasure is. You could build whatever you like around your life and that's good, but on Ash Wednesday, it's nothing but ash. It's about building in the kingdom of God and taking on board that truth that we need to lean more on God. We need to be more dependent upon him. We need to be interdependent upon the spirit because if we're dependent on the spirit, then we can lean on the spirit and as we go about in our life, then his hand will be at work and revealed in us.